As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! One more game to go in a season that started with so much hope and has spiraled into disaster. We are getting you ready for the Dolphins and Jets, two teams whose seasons have gone off the rails, although the Dolphins still with some postseason hopes. This is the Can't Wait Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster, along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. Lots to get to. We're going to talk about the quarterback position, which we just got the news uh, this morning that Joe Flacco will get the start. Zach Wilson will be the backup. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Michael LaFleur, his comments on Thursday about Zach Wilson, where he stands as this team heads towards the offseason. We'll get you ready for the Dolphins as well. Darrell Rivas headed to the Hall of Fame probably. And our picks with a guest from the Jets podcasting family. Uh, so we'll we'll have some fun with that as well. Uh, guys, one quick note, though, before we get to the Jets, because we talked about it earlier in the week. Um, the news has gotten better each day with DeMar Hamlin, which has been great to see. And this morning we learned that he's breathing on his own. He's talking to family members after on Thursday, we found out he was writing to family members because he, he was still, you know, unable to talk with all the stuff in his throat. Um, but just on, on a day where from Jeff's perspective, obviously it's kind of playing out the string, um, good, feel good news for the NFL, I think. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Feel like, good news like, for everybody. I feel yeah, like for everybody, you know, the yeah. country. It has yeah. gone. That's true. The story is gone beyond. The I just, yeah. I guess, the Sean McDermott doing his press conference right now. I saw one of the reporters say that he can't stop smiling. So I'm sure there's, it's awesome. been hard to come by. And I saw the photos of Josh Allen in practice yesterday, like smiling at the camera. Like, I, I'm sure they had a couple of days that were pretty tough. But, um, yeah, what like like I mentioned, like I've been I've been like in the in the weeds, and I don't know the right word in 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 like this kind of scenario where you don't know what's the you're waiting for the next positive news. And so, yeah, it's a little tough. different in that. And it's a little different in that the whole nation is following it along. So, um, and he has a whole football team behind him and it's cool that he was able to FaceTime with the team and all that stuff, but yeah, positive yeah. news. Uh, so it allows us to get back to talking about the disaster that is the New York jets. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get there. Um, you were just at the press conference, uh, Zach with Robert Sala announcing that it will indeed be Joe Flacco getting the start. Um, Zach Wilson will be the backup. 
we can get into Chris Strebler in a second and why why not why not Strev? I think that should be a hashtag. Hashtag why, why not Strev. Strev. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing about this, like, and he, Robert Sala was asked why he was actually asked that question. He said, and he said Flacco gives us the best chance. Not, to not win. by me, not by me, not by which is the most amazing thing about that. Not <laughs> by you. But here's the thing, like that alone in a bubble, like fine. But then there's the other news that George Fant isn't going to play. Dwayne Brown isn't going to play. And Nate Herbig isn't going to play. With that news attached to it, I actually find it hard to believe that Joe Flacco gives them the best chance to win because we've seen how immobile he is. And it's, I mean, it could get ugly. And we could see Zach Wilson at that rate. I, I don't know. So my my friend Joe, who we had on the pod, texted me after he saw my tweet about the offensive line being out, and he said, this is elder abuse <laughs> for, for Joe. <laughs> um, I, I think the offensive line is probably like a factor in their decision. Honestly, I, I don't think number one, I don't think they see a value in putting Zach out there considering what we just saw against the Jaguars. I think they really do want to reset him and, and all that stuff and get him to step away from football or the whole thing that Salah said the other day. And I also think they don't want him to get killed out there. I mean, I, I don't know that they want Joe Flacco to kill, but you know, there's a real possibility. This is Joe Flacco's last ever start. I'm sure there's a part of them that is like doing this for Joe who they really love in this building. So we started the season with Joe Flacco and we're ending it with Joe Flacco, which I don't think any of us could have uh, anticipated, but maybe we should anticipate weird stuff happening. But it is just like, if you just think about this QB carousel and I asked Sal about this and he acknowledged that it's hard to, you know, get anything going when you are constantly changing, but you look like this depth chart. It started the season, Joe Flacco, Mike White, uh, Zach Wilson comes back It's Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, uh, at a certain point, I forget which week they, I think it was after, or before the first Patriots game, they go Mike White's number two after the second Patriots game, they go Mike White's the starter. Joe Flacco's number two, Zach Wilson's number three. Then Mike White gets hurt and it's Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Chris Strebler is in the mix. And then Zach Wilson comes back. I mean, then Mike White comes back and, uh, Zach Wilson is the third string and Joe, Joe Flacco is the backup and. Chris Strebler's still in there. And now we're back to Joe Flacco as a starter and Zach Wilson's number two. And Chris Strebler will probably get some, I would think he would get some run on Sunday in the Strebler package or the Taysom Hill package or whatever. But it's, I was talking to one of the reporters on, on the walk-in, uh, Dennis. Um, in the history of the NFL, I can't imagine any team has had success when they change quarterbacks, even like a few times throughout the season. Like doing the musical chairs thing just does not work. Like it doesn't even matter unless both guys are very good, which in that case, you're probably just rolling with one anyway. Like it just does not work, whether it's injuries or performance, like it, the way they did it this year is not a way to, to have like a winning um, constructive football team with a, with a good offense. And, you know, we're going to get into the floor stuff. I think it is important to consider the hand he was dealt. You also have to consider his, his, his role in that hand being dealt as well. But like they, they, I mean, it's obvious, and we're going to say it a million times this offseason, they have to get the next quarterback. Salah said we need to fix that this offseason. I think that's the closest they've come to admitting that they're going to add somebody, honestly, because um, they've been like staunchly like supporting Zach. But I quarterback is not going to fix everything, but it, you just need stability. And, you know, I don't, I mean, you could argue, even again, I'm not going to get too into the weeds here, but, you know, a guy like Jimmy G has had injury issues. And so, like, so you have to think about, okay, if we bring him in, do we want to go through this again? Do we want to turn to Zach if he gets hurt? Like that, there's a lot of factors going on and a lot of people's jobs are in, hanging in the balance here going into next year if they get this wrong. Um, but that's my biggest takeaway. I mean, look, 
on Sunday, Joe Flacco could take the lead for passing touchdowns. He's one behind Zach Wilson. Zach has six. Joe Flacco has five. Joe Flacco might end the season as the, the Jets' leading passing touchdown leader uh, from starting four games. <laughs> like that, yeah. if that doesn't tell you, like you'd think that their record would be way worse if you consider all of that. So it's a, it's a very weird, bad spot to be in right now, but it's, it's the Jets. So weird. <laughs> it's the old saying is if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, right? So if you have four quarterbacks, <laughs> definitely. If you, you have four quarterbacks, you have one, Chris Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> um we we didn't mention mike white's side of this which was mm. he he did get banged up right last weekend um it kind of came out through the week he had a bad practice wednesday was officially replaced as the first guy in practice on thursday so um just a, it's just tough right because like there was so much hope around this guy and then you know, obviously he was hurting in the Seahawks game and he played badly and he didn't use that as an excuse, but like he was hurting and you wondered if this was a guy who could at least be like an option heading into 2023 and for his season to end this way. Like it just, it just stinks as someone kind of watching this team. Yeah. You, you do feel, you do feel for him. Um, because, you know, again, I know everybody says that everybody's harsh on Zach, but he's under contract for multiple years. He has a guaranteed salary, all that stuff. Uh, Mike White's about to hit free agency. He had a chance to really make himself a lot of money. I still think he's going to make, like, good money. I don't know if it'll be as much as he would have if if not for what transpired. Like, I wonder, wonder, part of me wonders if he just, like, didn't come back and he just stayed out till the end of the season if his value would have been better going in the offseason because you go yeah. on a little more of a high note with that Bills game. Um and the and the the Vikings game and the in the Bears game where you know he showed he can make some throws, um, but I know you look around the league like I, you can run through a lot of teams that either are going to need an, a like a number two you believe in or a guy to be like a bridge or a guy to be competition for a young quarterback and I think he's as good as any candidate hitting free agency especially because he's still fairly young I think he's twenty seven, um, but anyway you know he he had a chance to prove he can be a starter in this league. And, you know, he, he really fought through pain to get out there. Uh, I think Robert Sala said there was a hit before halftime that kind of, I don't know, aggravated is the right word, but it, it made, made it made things worse in a way. And that was a risk of him going back out there. Ultimately, maybe he shouldn't have it. He was cleared. So he was, you know, there's, there was nothing like weird going on, but um, you know, he tried to fight through it to try and get the jets to the playoffs and it backfired on him to a degree. And it, he was in a lot of pain this week from what I, when I'm told, I think he practiced on Wednesday and it was not a good practice. And, uh, I think he was telling people he wasn't going to play. He didn't think he was going to be able to play. And so I think they just decided just to pull the plug instead of like, you know, risking anything. And um, yeah, so you wonder if he's played his last game for the Jets. It's it's going to be very like we've talked about, like. You have to want are they going to go and if they believe in Zach Wilson while also getting a guy like Jimmy G, if they believe in Zach Wilson, then you'd think they at least believe in him being the number two quarterback. And I don't know if you, there's much space for Mike White at that point, if uh he's gonna make more than the minimum uh you know i know they paid joe flacco more than the minimum they made it paid hit both of them more than the minimum actually this year i don't know if you want to pay your third string quarterback in theory uh you know five million dollars seven million whatever it is uh 10 million i don't i don't know how much he's gonna make but so it's it's gonna be a tough decision and i mean ultimately if they do trade zach wilson it would make sense to bring mike white in but um i don't know i'm, I'm more skeptical that he's back than i was before Though I, if he doesn't have a market, I could see him coming back because he knows this offense. Coaching staff loves him, lives in this area with his kids, all that stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, he's got a very interesting offseason head. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you, you feel bad for the guy who 
you know, had really galvanized his locker room. Everybody loved him here. He showed some flashes in those games, maybe not enough to lead them to wins, but he showed some flashes. Something that everybody forgets about, and we brought it up, is he's only started six six games now, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Six or seven. Um, that's like that's not even a, a half of a season. So he's he's quite inexperienced, which is something that everybody forgets. And he's never been able to go straight through without getting hurt, which is unfortunate for him. Um, but yeah, so they're this is kind of where they are. Joe Flacco, who knows this is the last game. You might Zach Wilson might be the only quarterback in this room that's still here next year, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, you mentioned um, teams looking for veteran quarterbacks to compete with young quarterbacks. Um, wow, that what a concept, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> Didn't even think about it in that sense, but yes, <laughs> been a big topic these last couple I of days. I feel and like that I brings... failed as a producer of going all the way back to our podcasts, like in the beginning when we talked uh-huh. about getting Zach Wilson a veteran. Quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, oh man, I'm sure that was a big me, topic. Yeah. This has been a topic yeah. back when we had Connor that we talked about very often. So yeah, if, I mean, if you, if you guys and if you guys remember. Um, like Salah did get questioned about that by the media and he was getting like frustrated about it. Uh, yeah. And they wound up bringing in Josh Johnson, uh, but maybe a little too little too late. And Tim, I can let you take it away here. Cause I'm sure we're going to hit on this topic next anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But that is, that is the thing is that summer, like every time we did this podcast, it was like, when are they going to sign the veteran? Like, yeah. it was so obvious. Like, when are they going to say, who's the veteran? When is he going to come? And it, it's just like, we got to the beginning of training camp. We got through OTAs, nothing. Got to the beginning of training camp. It was like, what? I think we asked the question, what are they doing? Like, you yeah. have a rookie quarterback. Um, you have, like, every rookie quarterback ever has had a, a veteran. quarterback who played a even, BYU. Even if, even like, if it's not yeah. competition, it, like, usually there's a veteran there to help them. Like, like so if they, if they like Joe Flacco that much, why didn't they just sign him in the summer? Like, that's <laughs> right. Because right. they wound up and trading so, for him. So, yeah. So that brings us to uh, to Michael Flores comments yeah. on Thursday, where he basically admitted to that, that they handled things poorly with Zach Wilson, and he probably should have sat and learned from a veteran quarterback in his rookie season. Um, he said in hindsight, which kind of like that, that word the alarms went off for me because I was like, I don't think this is in in hindsight. Like everybody yeah, saw yeah. this in the moment. Like, it, yeah. It's not like we're looking back on it and oh, now we can see. Like no, we knew then, um, and it it just didn't work out. Obviously, and now we've kind of seen. Who knows, right? Like Zach Wilson could have sat for eight games and watched a veteran and still be what he is right now. We we don't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. But it would be nice to have an idea. It would have been nice to find out. Yeah, um, it, it was interesting because Salah's kind of avoided admitting that mistake. Uh, and and LaFleur wasn't even, the thing is, LaFleur wasn't even asked directly about it. Connor asked him a question, kind of just like about how, like, maybe sometimes it's good for a quarterback to sit and learn or whatever. And then he started, he started getting into Jordan Love uh, and how he's been sitting for the Packers because he obviously talks to his brother a lot. Um, and then he said, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, the, the, the quote, the in hindsight, quote um and so it was interesting to me that he was admitting that i mean i think you can interpret that how you want i i'm sure there's there's some degree of even if he didn't mean it of trying to like defend himself <laughs> publicly because I, there's a lot of scrutiny on him right now um well, to what extent it, is it is it throwing like joe douglas under the bus yeah yeah you know, oh totally like, yeah i mean that's a fr- 
like again, I, I don't think Lafleur constantly was doing that, but it, right. it's what it is right. when you like when you put it out there and right. you read the words. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. And Salah kind of pushed back on it a little bit today. He he said how you know in OTAs and rookie minicamp and training camp in the preseason, it was it was clear that that uh, that Zach was was the, was the guy and that they were confident in his ability to start. And so Salah kind of pushed back a little bit. I think he kind of pulled the reins back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately I think every, like you guys said, everybody was, I wasn't covering the jets at the time, but I even remember hearing about it and thinking it was crazy that they, they didn't have a veteran quarterback and seeing Robert Salah get frustrated when people kept asking him about it. Um, you know, again, like they weren't going to win many games last year. So I, I, I do wonder if that was part of the thought process, like why even bother? But ultimately I think that was the wrong decision. And I think, that's played itself out. I th- Flacco has been, you know, very positive influence, I think, behind the scenes. And so you, you wonder how much that would have helped having him from the get-go. There's a lot more to get to as far as Mike LaFleur goes. Um, you have a great story in The Athletic uh, just out this morning, Zach, about what is the future, uh, the immediate future for Mike LaFleur. We're going to get into all of that and much more, but we got to take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, more on Mike LaFleur. Um, There is definitely a chance when you look at what happens with NFL teams when seasons end with long losing streaks and there's disappointment that somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Um, sometimes it's a player, but, but Zach, oftentimes it's a coach. And if that is the case with the jets, if it is decided from above and Woody Johnson, that somebody has got to take the fall here, it kind of has to be Michael LaFleur, right? So like, that's what your story's about is Robert Sala is obviously going to fight that that doesn't happen and he can roll it back, but there's no other clear person on this coaching staff that you would let go in the blame game. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think they're trying to, without saying, without saying is that they're trying to make Zach Wilson scapegoat while still like keeping him around kind of thing. Like, I think they're trying to have it both ways a little bit and, and it's hard to argue like that, I don't think Zach Wilson is the reason why they're in this place. Like there's a lot of other issues they have to attend to, but quarterback is the main one and the offense is the main one. And, um, you know, I Solomon made it pretty clear to me, I think the other day when he had his comments about how, you know, I was in his shoes uh, when I was in San Francisco um, after Salah's second year in San Francisco as the DC, they were four and 12 fans were calling for his head. Kyle Shanahan came out, staunchly supported him, brought him back, went to the Super Bowl in 2019 uh and he was hired by the jets two years later I, and so Salah, it felt like Salah's messages and and michael floor's messages were directed towards woody because i think you know he, he wouldn't he's not the first owner to like 
who's involved with their team and who's, you know, antsy. And, you know, the Jets haven't made the playoffs in 12 years and everybody's talking about how bad the offense is. Uh, radio, sports radio in the area and and uh, the fans on Twitter are all talking about how they want LaFleur fired. And I, I think Woody is well aware of how the fans feel about certain things. I don't know if that's going to, like, influence how he approaches this, but I, I, I think it, you just look at it so obvious that the offense was always holding them back this year. And you, there are two people who get blamed when the offense is playing poorly. It's the quarterback and it's the offensive coordinator. And if they're actually committed to keeping Zach, I I don't feel like Woody's going to be okay with just rolling everything back the way it was. Maybe they can, you know, do smaller scale changes, like change the position coaches or something like that. But I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. I, I don't personally think they should fire the floor because I think the factor when everybody talks about all that, that they leave out um, is number one, you have to replace him. And if they, if in theory, Robert Sala is a lame duck coach, uh, which he would be going in the next year. Cause if they don't make the playoffs again, I, I don't know. He survives that. So why would an offensive coordinator go somewhere where you might have to leave in a year? Um, and the second factor is the jets want to run the 49ers system. They want to run uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense. And so that also limits the pool of offense, unless they're forcing him to hire like a guy who is not from the system, uh, like a guy who's been in the league for a while. I've seen Frank, Reich. I, that That's not going to happen. I know everybody, likes that idea. I think he's more likely to just be a head coach again. Uh, I don't think he would come to a Jets team where he, again, lame duck. I don't know if Salah would want to hire a guy that could potentially replace him in a year. Um, so it, you'd have to find somebody who at least has some sort of experience in the West Coast, Kyle Shanahan offense, which, again, limits your pool. Uh, and so ultimately, you're not going to get anybody better than uh, LaFleur. Um, you know, I, I know there are very opinions on on him as an offensive coordinator. He, he, he is young and he is inexperienced. I think to a degree, he might have been learning on the job. Uh, I think yep. he has shown flashes of being a very inventive play caller and you know, I know his play design and stuff like that. I, I do question some of his decisions and his reliance on a guy like Braxton Berrios and how they get away from the run sometimes. Like there's a lot of things you can criticize him for, for sure. I think somebody deserves, like Zach Wilson's not the only one that deserves blame for not developing. The person that he's supposed to develop him also does deserve blame from that. I, I, a lot of people bring up which he Greg took Matt. some too yeah. on Thursday, right? Yeah, he yeah. Spoke to that. He he has been pretty good about like putting the pointing the finger at himself. Um, a thing that everybody brings up is the Greg Knapp factor, which I think you know I think that's fair as well. You know they they wanted him to kind of be the veteran voice in the room for for the floor, and then he passes away uh, tragically. And they bring in John Beck and they bring in Matt Kavanaugh, and this year they didn't really bring in any veterans. They just decided to roll with who they have with the floor and Calabrese. Uh, whether that was the right decision. I, I don't know if you can quantify that. Like, I don't know if, you know, having a veteran coach, I don't know if having Gary Kubiak in the building, like m maybe that doesn't really change the problems Zach has with his footwork. Like, I, I don't know. Um, so I, I don't think it's as simple as like what you change one thing and then everything's fixed. I, I think this is a, this is a situation where no matter who's the offensive coordinator, if the quarterback they have next year is not ready to, and number one, if the quarterback they have next year isn't good enough, everybody's getting fired. And, if the quarterback they have is good enough and they still don't make the playoffs, I don't know if everybody's getting fired. So um, ultimately I don't, I don't see the benefit of firing him. I, I understand the argument and every, you know, when things are bad, you want, you want change. And then in theory, when you change something, it's going to be better because it can't be any worse. But, you know, I covered the giants when um, they had a terrible offense in 2020 and uh, everybody's like, it can't get any worse than this. They brought back Jason Garrett. It got worse. They fired Jason Garrett, brought in Freddie Kitchens to be the interim guy. And Joe Judge also was calling plays, uh, which, as you can see with the Patriots, is still a disaster. But anyway, it did not get better. It got worse. So it can get worse. I think some continuity wouldn't be the worst thing. Uh, I know maybe some people are angry about that idea, but I, I don't know. I, 
I think the the right pathway might be bringing in a veteran offensive assistant, but keeping LaFleur around, like maybe Gary Kubiak, again, who I mentioned, uh, he has a relationship with uh, Salah. I don't know if he wants to coach anymore, but um, he's the kind of guy that you would, you could see them bringing in. Um, actually, I think his son is the OC for the Broncos right now, and the Broncos are probably about to clear their staff out. So maybe, maybe Clint Kubiak would be an option to bring in here um, just to help out with the quarterbacks or whatever it is. But I don't know. I, I think that's the path I would go. I, I, I just... I, I just have a feeling that Woody's going to kind of hear the noise and 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 tell Salah he has to he has to make a change and uh, whether Salah's willing to fight for his buddy or not I don't know but uh, ultimately I I lean more towards I don't know that Lafleur is going to be their offensive coordinator uh, when we talk about this again like a week from now so it's 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 weird that's gotten to this point because we've talked about there's a point this season where you and I uh, brought up about how like. Maybe he's a head coaching candidate. He was like on that list uh, the NFL Network ad, and um, just the Jets and the NFL things change so fast, and it, and it's crazy. Life moves fast, yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about Woody Johnson being on the sideline for practice this week? Um, do you think, like, is that like a power play where he's sending a message? Did he just want to be seen? Like, it doesn't. It's not a regular thing, so it makes you wonder what the what was behind it. Yeah. I'm trying not to read too much into it, but I mean, the optics of it are it's hard not like, to, though, right? Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, there, there are optics there. I, I don't know what he's going to see when he's standing out there in the practice field, but um, <laughs> I, I think he knows that when he's out there, we're all going to point it out. So, the reality is, I haven't, I asked another reporter, I'm like, yeah, we haven't seen him out here in a while, right? Because I, he, he would come out during training camp a bunch. I don't remember seeing him much in the regular season. I could be wrong. You know, I've missed some practices, but um, yeah, I mean, they're, what's going to happen at the end of the season is what happens for most teams is the head coach is going to have to sit down with the owner. And especially when you're a team that didn't make the playoffs, you have to explain what happened. You have to explain what the plan is going forward. Uh, and you have to say how things are going to get better. And what he might strongly suggest that they make some changes. I don't know. Um, but if I was predicting, that's what I would predict is that he's going to say something needs to change. And um, maybe he says that has to be the offensive coordinator. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But it Woody is the X factor here for the for the Jets offseason for sure. Usually when Woody's the X factor, it, it's <laughs> not necessarily a good thing, right? That there's some big reactions, overblown reactions, which is interesting also because of what Salah said this week about like taking a step back and not reacting to the outside narrative and being smart. It was like he was speaking yeah, directly totally. to his yeah. owner <laughs> when he's saying that stuff. It is always amazing um, when they when they do that, yeah. Uh, all right, um, let's get let's bring in our guest uh, early. Yeah. Our picks guest, Will Parkinson, is joining us. Of course, hey. the guy who who has has his own podcast. Uh, Will, thank you so much for coming on, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. No, uh, no Jets news today, right? Nothing happened. Uh, no, nothing exciting? to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you you know oh, how this goes, mess. Will. Like if you if you wait twelve hours before you record your podcast, you have to redo the rundown because yeah. <laughs> things will change with the New York Jets for sure. I uh, I was supposed to release one yesterday, and then they dropped the like idea. Maybe there was an eighth team in the playoffs, so I was like, all right, I'll uh, wait. Yeah. And then I was like, I'll record this morning, and then Joe Flacco starting. So I'm glad I waited. Um, We've had yeah, a lot of luck with waiting this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had, yeah. It's usually it's better, honestly, to wait at this point because yeah. you're just going to end up having to redo it. But uh, we have tank commander Joe Flacco in the mix. And, uh, you know, the Jets are sneaky tanking again on week 18 for like the fifth straight year. So, you know, we're back. We're better than ever. 
<laughs> I saw you tweeted that earlier, the tanker, yeah. tanker Joe. Um, of course, yeah, you can catch Will um, if you don't know it um, on Turn on the Jets everywhere you get your podcast. You can find him for that. We're going to get to the picks in a while, Will. We actually have a break we have to get to before that. But we wanted to get you on early just to, to get your thoughts on this stuff as well. Uh, before we shift to the Dolphins, where do you see this Michael LaFleur situation? I, I kind of tend to agree with Zach. Um, I do think... It's hard to totally rip a guy who's gotten 300 plus three touchdown games out of Joe Flacco and Mike White and Josh Johnson and Chris Trevor looked like he actually could like gain a first down at one point <laughs> during the Jags game, right? So it's sometimes I think we we do this thing in the NFL and a lot of people did it on Monday night with the DeMar Hamlin stuff is you like you look for a villain and sometimes the villain's kind of staring you right in the face and not to be that guy, but Zach is historically bad um through first two years and and i'm not saying he's going to be bad forever and i hope it works out for him whether it's here although i think that that trip has sailed or somewhere else i hope he does well similar to sam or gino or any of these other guys that are seeing some success but if we're honest about it you know he's had three games throwing for under 100 yards and in, in, in the most pass hat it's like if a guy in the nba is averaging seven points a game you know maybe it's the guy that maybe it's him not the the hand checking foul in the nba so um i, I think mike lafleur Robert Tell was the best man in his brother's wedding. They've been friend, been close friends for 20 plus years yeah. or 15 plus years. I just have a hard time. Like I, I think Sal is so in, in a good way, so stubborn and such a good friend and a trustworthy person. That, that's why he's able to pull all these guys. Remember, I think fans forget Michael LaFleur and Mike McDaniels were the two hot coordinators and Kyle Shanahan was not happy that he lost Michael LaFleur. I think it was very obvious. He didn't, he lost John Benton and all those guys, but I just have a hard time believing they're going to they're going to fire him. I think something needs to happen. I think I agree there. Whether it's Rob Calabrese kind of moves back into an assistant role or takes a different role somewhere else, and they bring in a quarterback coach. I saw David Shaw floated this morning. That's not happening. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't he's think he be wants a, to coach anymore. No, I was going to say if he's not to leave Stanford, that he has NFL Network on draft night written all over. Him. Yeah, imagine um, leaving <laughs> leaving Stanford head coaching job to be the Jets quarterback coach. Yeah, yeah, on a lame duck staff. That's a <laughs> that's a good that's a good career decision. Frank Reich, I floated out there. I think you'd have to if you were going to bring in Frank Reich, you'd have to know this is coming with a car, Jimmy G, Rogers, mm-hmm. Lamar, whoever you go for. Like knowing quarterbacks going to be here, we feel good the head coach will be here, and if not, I'm the next guy in charge that gets the job. That'd be on solid then to. It kind of reminds me of the Fangio stuff. I don't know if you guys remember last year where Fangio got fired and it's like the Jets need to fire Ulbrich and bring in Vic Fangio. I was like, not the same system. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't it's make not sense. That simple. Yeah. And B, why would you want to come here and, and kind of take a, a job relegation, I guess? So they do need to bring in someone. Like I fully agree, a veteran. Maybe it's, you mentioned Clint Kubiak. I don't know. Maybe he calls Gary Kubiak and says, can you come in and be a mentor to the staff? I know they work together. So that's a name. It's a similar system. I just think. Look, I know John Gruden and Jay Gruden's not going to happen, but even if it's someone like that that has that, I've been a coordinator, I've been a head coach, I can kind of show you the ropes a little bit. I just think LaFleur, the only thing I would say with him, I'm not sure if you guys agree or disagree, I think a lot of the creativity is great. I think he's developed, like he gets a lot out of guys that maybe you wouldn't get a lot out of. He just gets a little impatient for me at times with the run game, and it feels like they'll run it. And they'll get stopped two times in a row. And he's like, all right, we got to drop back 50 times. And if that's the offense, that's great. But you have to build the roster that way. You can't be in between. So um, I don't know if I, I don't fire him. But if it came down, if the one, the X factor, as you guys mentioned, is what he goes, it's you fire him or you both go. Yeah. And and then that's it in that sense. 
I would, I would assume Robert Sala would say, sorry, Mike, I, I love you, but yeah. um, find another <laughs> job. But I don't know. Maybe he's, he's stubborn enough. I just, and by the way, I just, I know people keep asking my head coach. I get this all the time. I'm not sure you guys feel Sean Payton and Harbaugh are not happening. So I, I'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> they're not trading a top 10 pick for Sean Payton. That's just not, maybe happen. Harbaugh so, will be the yeah. offensive coordinator. I'll just, uh, yeah, he'll just be the key. He'll be the QB coach. They'll bring in Mike Tomlin to be the DC <laughs> Chuck Knoll and uh, Bill Walsh will come back and, uh, <laughs> and be on the staff. Not going to happen, guys. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you I, use I the agree. word um, impatient, and I and I think sometimes he also overthinks things. Like he'll go in, mm-hmm. you'll you'll see on paper, and it looks clear what the game plan should be, and he's almost too cute about certain things, which is probably yeah. trying to live up to being an offensive genius, right? Like sometimes, and I feel like I feel like those things are fixable. Um, you take a step back, you have an off season, you regroup. So I agree with both of you guys that I, I don't think he should be gone. I think he should be back. Uh, Ulbrich, you mentioned, and look, the defense was great this year. They stuck with him and, and yeah, the defense was really yeah. good. Um, so he's another guy that got impatient a year ago too. And I think early in the year, sorry, he just like, he would get impatient and they wouldn't get pressure the first two or three drives. He'd start blitzing guys. Mm. And they got crushed in man coverage. That was the only, if you look at every DVOA stat, every EPA for play thing, like the only time they're bad is when they blitz. And they stopped blitzing after week three, Quentin Williams blew up. And, you know, they had the worst game of the year the last two weeks. And they gave 20 and 23 yeah, points. Yeah. Like it's, you know, so I'm not saying the defense is perfect, but again, Ulbrich learned. And by the way, I think everyone knows this. That keeps saying Robert Sal is involved in the defense. So if everyone can stop asking me for Robert Sal to call plays, mm. he's on the headset too. I promise you. Oh, Obrick yeah, yeah. was like engage eight every play. I, I don't think that uh, Robert Sal would okay, but another uh, <laughs> for another time. Do you think right. like once we know the coordinator, I just curious your guys take like we're gonna know what they're gonna do at quarterback. Do you think like this is gonna be a huge telltale sign like? The week after the season, question. if LaFleur is gone, do you think like, okay, they're going to be aggressive and go get one of these quarterbacks? Because it could be a system change, right? Like, right. We'll get. Yeah, that will, that will tell a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't, I think Salah's pretty committed to the system that he runs though. So, um, and, and that's why Jimmy G is like such an obvious fit, maybe almost too obvious to the mm-hmm. point where like, I think we're all so focused on that. I don't see, I, per, I don't know how Will feels about Derek Carr. I, I'm not as huge on him as an option for them. He, he obviously would be like the best Jets quarterback in a very long time. But And then on behalf of the chat, I guess I have to ask about Lamar. Because... Lamar. I mean, I, obviously that's the dream one. And I, I, I do absolutely think there's weird stuff going on there. And yeah. that Joe Douglas, if he's available, Joe Douglas is going to call and he's going to try to get him. At, whether yeah. that would be successful, I, I still ultimately think he stays on the Ravens. You just can't. If you have a guy of that caliber, you do not get rid of him, no matter if he hates you or not. Like he could hold out, I guess. Tyler Huntley's a fourth, uh, fourth alternate Pro Bowler, and Tyler Huntley, though, right? So uh, (laughs) there's weird stuff with Lamar for like the last twelve months. There was stuff with the vaccine stuff. Then there was stuff he was out of shape. Then he came back in shape, but then he was hurt. There's just weird. And then they, I don't know if you guys remember, like when Bucky Brooks floated, and obviously he's well plugged in the league. Floated like the Ravens were going to take a quarterback in round one a year ago, and everyone's like, "What are you talking about? They have Lamar," and it was like. He was like, yeah, well, maybe they just think that every five years they can cycle through quarterbacks. There's weird stuff there. And if I'm the Jets, you mentioned, like, I think people love to say, like, the Jets don't do enough of, like, star hunting. But, like, oh, they do, last yeah. year, last year, like, they tried to sign Chandler Jones. He said, I'm going to Vegas. Like, and they did, tried and to sign have a great year either. Yeah. Yeah, that, they might probably dodged a bullet. Look at Tyree you know, Kill. People, um, yeah, Tyree Kill. Like every player in the team's texting Tyree Kill to come to New York. <laughs> Doesn't it didn't work, right? They tried for AJ Brown. They called on Debo. They like this isn't as Devante, if like, yeah. 
Yeah, they try to. It's like they try on everybody. Um, I would hope they try on Lamar. You should call on Rodgers. You call on Lamar. You call on Dak, Kyler, whoever is a guy that you think, you know, could we persuade them to move? And you mentioned, I think, yeah, he's stuck on that system. But if you were to go Derek Carr, maybe he doesn't necessarily fit the exact same thing as Jimmy yeah. G, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think they'd be willing to adjust. And, and another thing to think about with uh, the not star hunting thing, like if they had traded a bunch of their picks, then they might not have ended up with either Sauce, Garrett Wilson, or Brees Hall this last draft. Like, I, I know yeah. you, maybe you take that for a Tyree kill, but um, that is something to think about. But yeah, I, I if, if someone like Lamar is available, if someone like Aaron Rodgers says he's willing to come to the Jets or something like that, like they're, they're Tom Brady, sport. Tom Brady. <laughs> I would rather not cover Aaron Rodgers personally, but um, yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It's, it is going to be fascinating to see how this all ties together. Like Marissa was asking, how who the offensive coordinator is, whether I don't know if even if they hire someone to try to appeal to like one of these guys coming right. in, which that doesn't right. always work out. I mean, as you saw with the Broncos, that kind of yeah. backfired. I was just going to um, say, yeah. definitely don't um, do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, but so it's going to, I think you'll be able to tell to a degree, like what they're thinking based on what happens here. Um, ultimately, I think, you know, if everybody in this building believes they're a quarterback away, which I think they are. And I think LaFleur probably believes that we'll find out how good of an offensive coordinator is when he has the quarterback. Like he can, we can talk about that all we want, but if they go get a quarterback and he still has the same problems with like getting too cute or whatever, then it's clear that he was the problem. But if if you if you bring a good quarterback in there and then things calm down a bit, then you know that that was the issue from the beginning. Yeah, you mentioned Derek Carr. I, I'm lukewarm on Derek Carr. I think the Jets are more interested, going to be more interested in Carr than he is in the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's mentioned like six times. His brother has floated out there on TV. He wants a stable head coach, stable ownership, like everything kind of in place. And I'm not saying the Jets don't have that, but right now like you can make the argument Sal is going to be going to make or break a year next year and what if Carr gets hurt for six games and he's on his 15th head coach and in nine years I just don't I don't know if he wants to be on the west coast like there's a lot of different you know obviously went to Fresno he's playing in Vegas and Oakland so like does that stuff matter I don't care about the cold weather numbers because he was 0-7 and it's not just if you go by quarterback wins it's tough to be like you know Mac Jones has good numbers in the cold doesn't mean he's actually good in the cold well, yeah and, and I and I also think with that um He's spending most of his year in warm weather, and then he's going to cold weather. Like I think yeah. it's probably a little different than if, Time he's, change. if he's here all year, and he's like his body's used to it. I don't know. I, I get everybody's looking at. I think the more concerning thing is that he holds on to the ball a lot, and he's a little bit afraid of getting hit. Is kind of like the narrative around him, and that if the Jets are still having a revamped offensive line, that's a problem. Yeah, but. it's not. That's not ideal. The other thing you guys mentioned, like the quarterback away. I know everyone likes to point to all these other holes. I'm a big like war guy. I, I love baseball, so like I kind of. The Jets had negative quarterback war this year. Like their roster is better without a quarterback even existing on the <laughs> roster. Like they, I think they had like a 4.27 war or something. The Chiefs are at eight or nine because of Mahomes. The Jets without a quarterback literally had a less valuable team. I mean, with a quarterback had a less valuable team. So they had the most valuable defense in the league. They had value on offense. It's just they need to fix offensive line and quarterback. And it's, you know, that's been the conversation now for at least seven years, it's been really a conversation for a decade of just, can we get some stability at tackle? Can we get some stability at quarterback? I don't think anyone's asking for them to have an MVP level quarterback either. I think that's what is frustrating. I think everyone's asking, can we get 15 starts out of a guy that throws more than 10 touchdowns? Like they haven't had a guy throw for 10 touchdowns in three years. That's insane. It's awful. (laughs) I don't know. It's, I don't know. All right. Um, Before we take a quick break, we don't need to get into this Dolphins game. Uh, <laughs> I think this conversation about LaFleur has been much more interesting, but I will just to touch on the Dolphins game from each of you guys. 
why should people watch week 18 <laughs> for the Jets? Like, what's the thing that should get you to turn on the TV and watch? And please don't say Joe Flacco. Well, I was, I, I thought, I think the answer is obvious. It's Chris Trevler. I think he's well, right. That, that would have been like if they had yeah, started so Chris Trevler. No, I think he has one more. I think you get three. three. Oh, he has had three. three. So I guess they he could has just had sign three because he so had I guess the they could just that they elevated him and didn't play him. Yeah, they could just sign him to the active roster for yeah. Sunday if they really had for to one kind week, of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, although they're, they're no very, one, although they're yeah. short on offensive linemen, so maybe not actually. Yeah, he could play. He could play tackle, right? Yeah, he could probably play tackle. I I think Garrett Wilson's kind of the answer, right? It's like he's the one guy that feels like Sauce has rookie of the year locked up. It feels like. Gary Wilson's kind of in a mono mono batter with Kenneth Walker. And obviously, Good point. I, I really, truly believe Joe Flacco is going to throw it 80 times. Like, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the floor gets pass happy anyways. And like, he threw it 50 times a game when they were trying to win. I just feel like feed Garrett Wilson a million targets and Elijah Moore. And I also just think the rookies, like I'd love to see Jeremy Rucker get some reps. I'd love to see Jermaine Johnson play 70% of the reps. Like we know what Carl Lawson is. We know what John Franklin Myers is. We damn sure know what Vinnie Curry is. Like, can we like just give Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff 60% of the reps yeah. and say, you know, let's, you know, let's get you some meaningful reps going forward. The Huff thing's a little weird, but that's a whole nother discussion that we can tackle. And, and you guys can tackle in the offseason why he keeps, he'll play less and less against games. And when he plays less, they lose. Uh, but yeah, I think Garrett Wilson's the answer. Just try to get him rookie of the year and, you know, have the first time in franchise history. They got both. All right, let's take another break. We'll be back with a little, we'll touch on the Hall of Fame and then get into our picks. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, before we get to our picks, uh, finalist name for the Hall of Fame this week, and obviously no surprise, but three new people on that ballot, Joe Thomas, Darrell Rivas, Dwight Freeney, uh, orange pride for Dwight Freeney, by the way. Um, <laughs> but he's not a lock, but it feels like Joe Thomas and, and Rivas certainly are. Joe Thomas, arguably the, the greatest to ever do it. And Rivas, the greatest of his generation, I think, to do it at cornerback. So um, it, it should be... Fun and it should be something where, um, you know, will going into next season, thinking of the Hall of Fame, it'll be a, a fun, feel good story for this Jets fan base because who knows what else is going to be going on with this team at that point. Yeah, yeah, you look at and Gasno <clears throat> potentially, uh, you know, it's all but kind of solidified. He'll be going in as well. Klecko, maybe. Uh, yeah. Klecko, yeah, Klecko, yeah. If you Klecko, Klecko, sorry, Klecko, Klecko's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Jets, but, but not to cut you off real quick, the Jets yeah. might 
potentially be like uh, one of the Hall of Fame game teams yes. because of this. I think I think they will be yeah. if if the Revis Jets, gets in. Jets I think Browns, it makes sense. That's what it's going to oh, be. Oh man, and and, <laughs> think... and the Jets might have to go to Cleveland on the road next year, so I might have to go to Ohio yeah, twice. twice. Next year, right? <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but uh, I think like it'd be really special for. I think Revis's number should be retired. I've said that. I mean, I know it kind of is quasi-retired now, but just it should be retired. He's arguably the best Jet ever. If you really want to be like honest with yourself, yeah. like. You know, a lot of these other guys is an all pro. He's the best defensive player in football for multiple years on their most successful run for 20 years. Yeah. Um, homegrown, obviously. And I know he won a ring with the Patriots. I don't care. It's a business. It's football. It's like, let the emotion out of it. The Patriots are going to win that ring, whether Revis was there or not, yeah. likely. So, um, yeah, like the, the Hall of Fame game, I, I've seen that. I think that would make a lot of sense. The Jets, I don't know that the Jets have ever played in. I could be wrong. And if they have, it's probably been 40 years. So, yeah. To have a guy that's a homegrown jet go in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot would be would be really special. That ballot is stacked. If you like, yeah, I was Madden, looking at it yesterday. It's crazy. If you played Madden in like 2010, 2011, your mind is blown right now of how good. Yeah. <laughs> all 99 overall. Well, even like even draft. dudes like Andre Johnson. I feel like people forget how dominant he was. Uh, like Steve Smith didn't even make the. Steve uh, Smith Final didn't make it. Uh, Jared Allen is a guy that kind of flown under the radar, but like if you look at his numbers, like he was getting like double digit sacks every year. Like it. It's, those are all, yeah. These are all dudes from like the two thousands that were like, yeah, legit. Reggie Wayne and Tory Holt, yeah, I yeah, Tory Holt, Holt, even Rondé Bar, Rondé Barber, who's been on there for a little while, Darren Woodson, they were like perennial All Pros, guys that won titles. Yeah, those feel like guys that'll get there like on their eighth try or something like that. Yeah, they'll be the the last ballot. They'll be like the baseball version of last time on the ballot. Yeah, so exactly. People yeah. vote for him, but I think Revis should get in. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Even like. It was crazy. I thought last year Ware and Willis not getting yeah. in was pretty con- Great confusing. Marcus Ware, Ware in particular, because he had he like he's, at least he's an edge name, rusher he had, too. He had the name brand of being a star too. So, yeah. yeah, being in the Cowboys, obviously retired. I think he retired right after the Super Bowl win in fifteen uh, with the Broncos. So, I, I it's going to be a stat class and yeah. one of those weekends where it's not the quarterback allure of some of these other ones where you know these other guys go in, but it's like true like generational pieces and. You know, JJ Watt obviously retiring. He'll be he'll be a first ballot guy. Um, you know, in five years or yeah. so, whenever he uh, he's eligible. Oh, next year will be the fun uh, Eli Manning debate because I think he's eligible next year. <laughs> I'm not not. not if Eli's a that. first ballot, are you, is, are you a Rivers? Is it Hall of Fame guy? No, or no. no. I, so then, why is Eli like just well, I, well, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I personally. I mean, I don't think we have any Giants followers here, but I. I don't think Eli. I mean, Eli is just based on who has gotten in the Hall. He'll make it and. But I personally don't view. I think you need yeah, to be like he's well, going to get in. It's you need to be like you think you should. You need to, in my opinion, the hall. Of, and it's like this in every sport. It becomes the hall of like very good instead of the hall yeah. of fame. Ultimately, like yeah, in my opinion, I've always thought the hall of fame should be guys that are either the best or like debatably the best, like more than one year, like at their position. Like if, if and I don't think Eli Manning was ever that. Um, I don't. Philip Rivers maybe. But where was. do you put the two Super Bowls? Yeah, that's that's, that's the thing. The like, thing it, too. it depends like, on how the, much you factor that in. I guess yeah. The Super like, Bowls the to me goal, too. Right? Yeah. Like those Super Bowl years, he was huge in those games, but you don't look back on those years and be like, oh, Eli was the best quarterback in football that year. Exactly. That's, yeah. But he did make big he was throws. Amazing. Well, he was amazing. He got helped out by a helmet catch. But also, he's only, he, only, he only went to the playoffs like three times in his career, yeah. which is like crazy. Anyway, it's, uh, I don't know. I just, it's like hard when you look at those guys of like, there's a good chance Rodgers and Breeze and all those guys in Favre combined for like one Super Bowl apiece. And, mm. I think Rodgers is whether people like him or not. Also, legendary World War II quote by Rodgers this week. That was a generational going to museum quote. Um, but if you know, he might be the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, or like the best thrower of the football we've ever seen. And he's got one Super Bowl, so it's like, is Eli better than him, or is Philip Rivers not better than Eli because he never won and wasn't good in the playoffs? It's 
it's like the Julian Edelman thing, right? Like, I don't know, Andre Johnson won one playoff game yeah. in his whole career, but he's obviously better than Julian Edelman, who yeah, is so incredible it, in the it, playoffs. It, I guess it depends on what you value, but I, it, Hall, Hall of Fame, I think, should be more about, like, is he this guy like a Hall of Fame player and less of it? Because it is a team sport also. <laughs> if you don't think that when you're watching a guy, it's my personal opinion. If you don't watch yeah. a guy and in person you go, wow, or holy bleep, like, this guy is best player in the field. They're one of the two best players. And, like, yeah. your eyes immediately fixate to him. I just, it's hard for me to be like, oh, you're one of the best 200 players to ever touch a football that's ever like existed. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, basketball does that. That's why a fame is a joke. Baseball and uh, football basketball are like, brutal, sure. yeah. that's what <laughs> Robert Ory's in the Hall of Fame. Like, why? He averaged <laughs> 10 points a game. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right. All right. So, picks? Um, yeah. With that, let's get on to the picks and let's take a look at the standings because Zach. Pulling into the lead um, and looking good. I was I was a point away that Patriots game, a point away, Zach, of being one game behind. We got the wrong here. picture for Rohan. At, yeah, I, know, oh, I was yeah. gonna throw. I was gonna throw. Sorry, Rohan. I think I think Rohan's in here right now. So yeah. sorry, Rohan. Yeah. Our graphics department screwing that one. one. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I I do the graphics, so um, I forgot to switch out the picture, but I got the handle right. So yes. Um, but. Yeah, tough week. Obviously, 0-2 for the listeners. Um, that Bills game now, I guess, becomes a push because they're not going to make it up. Yeah. Um, but this is where we're at. Zach, 23-25 and 25 in the lead. We are just bad. It's just a bad year. It's picks. literally like every week I only get one. I really think yeah. I'm setting a record for. You are consistent. I think that's more impressive. We should go back and look. We should go back and look at how many weeks you only had one. <laughs> I literally think it's been every yeah. week. Like, yeah. it's it's bad but you know we're having fun right better luck we're in uh, 2023 yeah. you know yeah well the the good thing is we've this is the fourth season that we've done picks and the yeah. first three years uh marissa won one season i won one season and connor won one season and now zach you join and you're winning so yeah this you know fair. we we spread the love yeah. um, with <laughs> that the, the leader goes first zach so you're up all right. There's some weird. It's really weird lines this week, obviously, because there's a lot of teams that aren't trying or. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. So I, like, it's hard for me the even fi- like the Philly, possible. the Philly Giants line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was pick that one. I thought about that. I'll, I'll avoid it since it sounds like you guys are going to use it. But I'll, so I'll go. Uh, Texans plus two and a half against the Colts. Just two bad teams, and I, the Texans probably want to lose, but Lovey Smith is also probably going to try and win. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jets plus three against the Dolphins because it's just the Jets ruining their draft pick in the last week is kind of tradition i feel like so um and then i'll go for the steel i wrote down steelers minus two against the the steelers oh yeah Yeah. so steelers minus two against the browns steelers are have a chance at the playoffs still so they're gonna really try hard that game um not to say the browns won't but um steelers look i mean the steelers might end with a winning record again which is crazy to think about you know when they lost to the jets nobody thought that steelers were gonna end this and so tom might keep his streak going which he i mean that dude's gonna be in the hall of fame obviously one day but it's it's honestly I feel like it's underappreciated what he's done because you see the Jets not getting winning records most years and I think yeah. I think Steelers fans are spoiled because I I know some Steelers fans who like are over Tomlin I'm like trust me it's it's like it's like I I, I went to University of Arizona there and they're not generally very good at college football and Rich Rodriguez would have them like getting like seven or eight wins every year which fans should be okay with because that's it's not that easy to do in like a tough conference and so they fire him and they haven't been able to do that again so yeah Tomlin anyway sorry just went on a little rant but Tomlin made like that 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 is going to be one of the best like stats ever for a coach I, it blows my mind mm-hmm. all right Will you're next all right I'm gonna go I'm gonna start with uh with Green Bay minus four and a half or whatever it is um they're rolling right now. 
the Lions outside are just not that good. And as much as, you know, I don't know, when Rodgers starts getting it rolling like this, it just feels like inevitable he's going to get in the playoffs and he's going to go on a run and they're going to end up losing the title game and we're going to talk them. They're going to go 15-1 next year in the regular season and lose in the first round of the Niners again. It just This is like a cycle that happens every two or three years. He goes on a run as a wild card team and then sucks as a division winner. So um, I, I'm going to go with, uh, with the Packers right now. Just the Lions on the road. The Jets kind of choked that game away, and then the Panthers ran for like 650 yards on them a week later. I just I don't love that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Seattle minus six or whatever they are against the Rams. The Rams have zero incentive to try, and it feels like obviously Seattle needs to win, and they kind of looked much better last week. Um, and then lastly, I will go. I'm I don't know I don't want to copy the uh, the Pittsburgh one, but it, it feels like. Uh, but Javian Clowney this week was like they got sent home because he was yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm I'm leaving." So see ya. <laughs> um, and the Browns kind of felt like last week was their little mini Super Bowl. They knocked out Washington. It felt like these teams usually have one one week in them where they play spoiler, and then like once that's over, it's done. So I'll go um, Seattle, uh, Green Bay, and what did I just say? Pittsburgh. Um, I'm Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll go with those three. All right. I'm going to, uh, I agree with you on the Packers. I'm going to take that one to pack minus four and a half. Um, I'm going to take the bills minus seven at home against the Patriots. I just think the emotional level in that stadium, the fact that that they're at home. Yeah. It's just going to be, I mean, maybe it's too much that happens sometimes, right? When guys are so fired up leading up to a kickoff that, you know, you hit a wall in the second half. I don't know, but I'm going to take the, the bills for, for that win. And then, We'll see what happens with the Jets game and who gets in the playoffs. But and then third one, I'm going to go uh, Chiefs minus nine and a half at the Raiders. I just feel like the uh, the Chiefs are going to put the exclamation point on that one and and crush a Raiders team that is playing out the string as well. Marissa. All right. Well, I obviously have nothing to lose because, you know, I get one every week. So, you know, (laughs) I agreed with you guys on everything with the Packers Lions game, but. I would much rather root for the Lions in that game. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'm going to go opposite, and I'm going to go Lions plus four and a half. Again, agreed with everything you said. <laughs> I feel like we're Aaron Rodgers has played a joke on all of us all season long and is going to go on this run. But I think it would be pretty cool to see the Lions win that game against the big brother Packers. So Lions plus four and a half. Uh, Eagles obviously have a lot to play for, and it's looking and the Giants like don't. Yeah. I, Yes, and the Giants don't. And huge I know line, though. It's a huge, huge spread, I know, huge. but I feel like the Eagles have to just come out. You're not a Tyrod Taylor. You're not a Tyrod Taylor believer. <laughs> I mean, I just think, like, they have to come out and, like. Especially with all the narrative around them now, yeah. Yes, because they've the past few weeks have not looked good, and everyone wants to know, are the Eagles falling off? So I just think they have to come out and show a little juice to get that, that bye week and, and get home field advantage. So I'm going to go Eagles minus 14. Gosh, that's a huge spread. And then (laughs) um, Cowboys minus seven versus the Commanders. Talked about the Commanders. We have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. Um, Sam Howell. Sam Howell this week. I mean, the the, the quarterback roulette over there. We talked about the quarterback. Oh, yeah. It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, it's been. I mean, any quarterback roulette involving Carson Wentz is probably not good. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys minus seven versus Commanders. Yeah, I mean. There's going to be one of them right in there. Tim, you're muted. <laughs> one of those Wentz, three way, will has, be correct. Yeah. We know Carson that. Wentz, by the way, has to probably be one of the most internally hated players in the league. Like, he's got to be top three. 
in my like Carson Wentz. Like, is there anybody that likes Carson Wentz? Like any player <laughs> in the league? Like I, I haven't ever spoken think, to one. I think but Zach Ertz likes him. I think that's about it. Zach Ertz <laughs> likes him. Like I hope Zach doesn't reach that. And uh, Jordan Matt and Jordan right? Matthews. That was like his buddy. Uh, with the there, there you go. Jeremy Mac Jeremy Macklin back in the day. There you go. <laughs> hey Will, right. thanks so much for coming. Yeah, on, thanks man. Will. We yeah, thanks for having awesome. me, guys. I appreciate it. It was fun. Check out Will on his. Yep, on his own podcast, Turn oh, yeah. on the Jets. Um, how? When's your next episode? Today? Uh, it'll drop today, like 3 o'clock. Yeah, we're just going to have a little bit more fun with the Joe Flacco, uh, Joe Flacco <laughs> situation. I have one today and one tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, everyone uh, tune in. Zach's been on. It was a, it was yep. a fun episode. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys having me. It was a lot of fun. Cool. And you want to join The Athletic, you can do that for $2 a month for 12 months. That's still right, right, Marissa? Yep. <laughs> All right. Go check, to theathletic.com yeah. slash can't wait. We will be back with two more episodes next week to kind of wrap up the season before we slow things down a little bit. Two great guests coming up yes. next week. I will, I will leave it at that. That's the professional tease. We'll talk to everybody after week eight.